0: Hello, folks, and welcome back to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures, overanalyzing manga that we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and if you're anything like me, then you've probably played too many RPGs in your life and always ask the question. What happens after the adventure? Well, we seek to answer that today as we dive into Freyrin Beyond Journey's End, chapters 1 through 17, written by Kanehito Yamada and illustrated by Sakasa Abe. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cast. My name is Sam. As always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the manga that we read this week. Uh, This one, I have not heard of before. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Fresh read for me. Uh, Jacob, how about you? Uh,
1: The uh, premise was described to me, and I'm like, huh, that sounds neat. Never heard of it.
0: And Jay?
2: Yeah, fresh read for me. Never heard of it. And regret
3: hearing about it and matt (laughs) so i i really liked this when i read volume one um i hadn't read past volume one when it came out so uh everything past that was a fresh read for me excellent
0: all right and uh so we open up our adventure with the primary thesis statement of this what what do the heroes of the jrpg do after their adventure because uh, we open with the party of heroes returning triumphant from having defeated the Demon King. Uh, we're introduced to the hero party. We
1: have the hero Himmel, Isen, the warrior, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. he,
0: hey, he's a dwarf. He's a dwarf, lad.
2: Mm-hmm, he is.
0: You can tell by the massive beard <laughs> that it's in. That is his entire face,
3: yes. He's definitely not a
2: halfling. He's not a halfling. He is definitely dwarf. He channels dwarf.
3: (laughs) I I don't know. When we see his arms, his arms are pretty skinny (laughs) for a dwarf. (laughs) Well, that's that's when he's old, though.
2: Yeah.
0: Even in the flashback.
2: He can't go adventuring anymore.
0: His beard goes to the top of his feet. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it even goes
1: over his feet. Uh, We have uh, the uh, priest, Heiter.
0: Mm -hmm. Who, Who is a drunk. He said he's a drunkard priest. That is his character. <laughs> that
1: is his. That is his entire character. It's not his entire character, but it's most of his character. He
2: is also. A, he also is a decent hero, but he is also has a a little bit of a, a taste
1: mm-hmm. now and then. he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have a drinking problem. He has a drinking solution, and it's finding more
3: booze. As, yes, as, as my grandfather used to say, he had a taste for the Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> he
4: certainly does.
3: So they uh they
0: return. Uh back. we're we're forgetting a character. Oh yeah. right, our main character. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? You know what? She Freyron is uh many things and uh unassuming is definitely one of them. Uh Frerin the Mage.
2: That is yes, that is indeed accurate.
0: Yes. Uh, she she am elf. I, I promise to keep the my usage of the K word to a minimum.
3: Grandpa, you can't say that. <laughs> he means knife ears. <laughs> I feel the need to tell people who don't know fantasy yeah. nonsense.
0: You know what? That's fair. I promise to call her a knife here as minimally as
4: possible. I mean, I was
2: just set to be like, I'm familiar with this series. I've played D&D.
0: So our heroes uh, are greeted by the king and uh, they welcome in a new age of peace, reflecting on the uh, lengthy 10 year journey that they went on and all the various mishaps and misadventures that they had. Mm hmm. Uh, much like a good D&D adventure, despite the fact that it was mostly, uh, yackety-sacks <laughs> playing in the background, uh, they, uh, they had a good time with it, and, uh, they cap off their, uh, celebration by watching a, uh, once-every-50-year, uh, star shower, marking the new dawn of an era of peace, and it's very
3: pretty. and um this scene's actually where we kind of get introduced to the main thesis statement of the series as a whole, mm-hmm. where basically they're all commenting on how beautiful the meteor shower is when um, they're saying like, we have to go our separate ways and everything. And Freerun's just kind of like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to bum around for a bit, but um, this place kind of sucks. I know a much better place we could watch this from. So how about, you know, 50 years from now, we'll just go meet up again and do it then. And then, the rest of her mostly human party just kind of chuckles at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I guess we'll meet up in fifty years. Yeah,
0: everyone else who's not a basically immortal elf. Sure, fifty years. That that's a reasonable amount of time. Uh, and so Frerin does up l-
2: like literally rich and does not know what money is. That is the equivalent of it's like
0: it's that, but for time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we see uh, a montage of uh, Frerin doing her uh what she claims to be just a hobby though we know it's her favorite thing to do uh wander around and learn about magic
3: i i love how when she's not with her party there is a scene of her getting caught by a mimic again in the exact same way of just (laughs) a treasure chest dang it
4: Ah, got me again
3: you know what they
2: say Third time's a charm.
1: <laughs> she uh, seemed to be getting a lot of these lately. She's a little goblin. She just likes miscellaneous magic. <laughs> just <laughs> a random, random, uneven even like support things. Just this random effect.
4: Ooh,
0: this is a spell. I like it. But uh, after the montage is over, uh, she is trying to find a rare reagent. And it's like, oh, yeah, one of those hasn't been around for like three decades. Three decades. Oh hey, wait a minute! It's almost time for the uh, uh, era meteor shower, uh, era meteor shower again. I guess it has been about fifty years. I should go check on my friends. <laughs> uh, plus, plus, I left a, a a thing I could
1: use with
0: uh, one of them, so I'll just pick that up along the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, really hammering home the uh, the theme of Freyran doesn't understand time in a way that basically anybody else does, because. Uh, she, basically entirely unchanged, uh, shows back up in the city to find Himmel, who is now a
3: Master Roshi-looking old man. I, I got has... say, Ma- Master Roshi's in better shape than this guy. <laughs> <laughs> True.
1: He has a sweet
0: mustache, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Styling and mustache and beard.
3: He's gone bald. He's very small yeah con- considering he started out as a very attractive young knight um mm-hmm. very attractive and
0: vain about it he, he wanted to make sure that uh there were plenty of statues of him so that everyone could remember how handsome he is <laughs> and time has not tempered that he's like you can still make bald look good i <laughs> i suppose you can oh uh. <laughs> Anyway, you remember that thing we picked up at the uh, at the Demon King's castle, the shadow dragon horn? Yeah, that. Oh, I've still got it. It's been in that drawer emitting an evil aura all these years. Oh,
3: probably should have gotten that sooner. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I like Himmel here because he's just like, well, no, because um, Free Run's just like, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't realize that was going to just emit evil like that. You really should have gotten rid of it or like put it out in the barn at the very least. And he's just like. And Himmel's just. No, why would I do that? My friend didn't trusted me to take care of this. I watched it for 50 years and she's just like, oh, cool, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it,
0: these these first few chapters are so freaking melancholy. <laughs>
3: Because I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I very much enjoyed it. But yeah, it's it's what it's going for. I wouldn't say melancholy. I'd say somber. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because there's not a depressive air about it. I guess is the difference. There's kind of a.
1: The big thing is we're we're building up to uh, we're building up to uh, the end of someone's life, and uh, that character is uh, very much accepting of the fact that uh, he's lived a good long life and, you know, this is the way he wants it to wrap up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, hopefully you've done the reading, dear listener. Uh, Himmel knows that his time is coming and, uh, you know, surviving long enough to do the meteor shower thing again was sort of like the last thing that he wanted.
3: Yeah. But uh, to uh, celebrate, they do get the band back together as um, Mm -hmm. both Heiter and uh, Ison show up as well to go. They they hold their promise. They are going to go see the meteor shower again after been fifty years. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really establish how long dwarves live. It's kind of vaguely implied longer than humans, but not substantially so. Longer than humans, not as long as
0: elves, and. Ison is absolutely in his twilight years.
1: Yeah, at the very least, Ison isn't in a uh, physical condition to fight anymore. He makes that pretty clear
3: uh, multiple times. Well, because yeah, they're they're like, okay, we're gonna go see the uh, meteor shower, and then Freerun just goes, yeah, it's uh, only about a week's hike from here, and they're all just <laughs> like, we're all very old men. What <laughs> the hell? <laughs> what do you mean a week's hike?
0: <laughs> that's elder abuse <laughs> but uh they all go along with it anyway they uh go on their hike and it brings back uh, many nostalgic memories of those uh days long ago and we get this beautiful two page of the uh meteor shower out there in the mountains uh able to get a clear view of it and in the next and, page it's Emily's funeral
1: yeah page turn and That was the last thing Himmel ever did.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this, I I really like this funeral because this sets up basically Freerun's entire character arc kind of is all these people are sad because this is one of the four great heroes who killed the demon King, blah, 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 save the world. They're all crying their eyes out and Freerun's just kind of feeling this deep sadness, but really is not understanding where it's coming from because from Mm -hmm. her point of view, I only spent 10 years with these people. That's such an insignificant time to me. I've, like, literally, I spent 50 years just mulling about doing nothing. This shouldn't matter to me as much. Why does it hurt so much that Himmel died and I barely knew anything about him? hmm
2: Well, as they say, you know, it only takes one instant to change your life forever.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's... There's two like really important elements that uh, Freyrin doesn't seem to understand, you know, because of her longevity is those 10 years were more important than the 50 she spent faffing about because it was with people that she cared about. But the thing that she voices, which is quite a powerful moment, because there there are some people uh, commenting on how she doesn't seem to be. And like it's very much the case where like she's experiencing her grief internally, quietly screw you hecklers, but because she spent um, uh, to her such a little amount of time with Himmel, she wishes that she had gotten to know him better, because now she's not
3: going to have the chance to do that anymore.
2: hmm mm-hmm. You never know what you have until it's gone.
3: And then we start the entire character arc, which is Freeran slowly realizing she had a massive crush on Himmel.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that well, was yeah. my major takeaway.
3: <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that picked that up. It's it very, was very clear. obvious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, I, this is her going on, like, middle school. Ooh, I've got a crush on that boy. But because of how elf time works, it takes her It's to not literally... just
2: time. She literally says that one of the reasons why elves are so rare and why there aren't that many... Well, they're not...
0: They're dying like, out. Is
1: because... Yeah, they're, go- they're all going extinct because they're all arrow ace.
2: <laughs> yes. So, like, these feelings are literally something that do not process.
3: Oh, that's, um, that's just how hot Himmel was. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a transcendent species.
0: We've, we find out later on, it, it's vague at this point exactly how old Freerun is, but uh, we learn later, she is over a thousand years old.
2: Like, she's so old that literally there are... I don't want to say what is greater than legends, like literally.
3: She she, she
2: watched um, mythology
3: from ancient yes, times happen. Exactly. Someone, someone makes a joke that she is prehistoric, and she goes, "I'm not that old." And then the very next chapter proceeds to confirm she is prehistoric. She's actually prehistoric, literally prehistoric. <laughs> it was
2: Fern because yes. Fern constantly like has to get a dig in of like you're freaking old, oh, you're like prehistoric, it, and she's the, like.
3: It's the character we haven't introduced yet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, well, her literally her apprentice just constantly negs her and tells her she's old, and she's like, <laughs> "No." She's like, "No, you really uh, are." This is not like a ja- It's it's fact.
3: But um, regardless, Himmel's funeral really kickstarts a kind of internal thing, uh, along with haters. Um, health. There's no way the the man's name is Hater, but um. <laughs> I I think it's Hyder.
2: It is very it German.
3: Heiter. Heiter. Oh, well, we shouldn't do German accents. We'll get in trouble again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, shit, you're right, you're right. Nine, nine. nine, nine, nine. Oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> no, um, Heiter uh, basically tells her that really just kind of mulling around and doing your own thing is cool, but you should actually try and form connections with people because mm-hmm. it makes life worth living. Th- those connections you make with people are what's the actual importance. And I kind of really like that because it kind of makes the thesis statement of this entire thing is this is a very generic fantasy setting because the entire point is that it's not the destination that's important. It's the people you meet on the journey. hmm.
1: Like this element of uh, of characterization is actually really subtly woven into uh, Farron's uh, character. Like, you know, we learn that she likes She likes finding random miscellaneous magic. Like an example of this is it makes shaved ice. It doesn't make the syrup. We'll have to find another spell for that one, you know. And then uh, there's a bit of a running joke of like, uh, you know, it it allows you to see through people's clothes for purely
3: strategic purposes. I'm sure Um. (laughs) I, I love how every time that hobby gets brought up everyone's always just like, yeah, no, I just like finding weird spells for some reason. Why do you like finding weird spells? I don't. I don't know. It's not like it's... anyone complimented me about knowing <laughs> weird magic or anything. Who complimented you? Definitely not a really attractive man that I would have known better. Yeah. Uh... Definitely wasn't mole
0: who praised me for that once. <laughs> like, the thing that's really interesting about Freyran is, um, as mentioned, she's over a thousand years old. Time has sold basically everything for her, which is why she actually has a deep love of magic. But like she's been doing it for ten centuries. So,
2: yeah, which is why you can you can kind of argue that it's literally like she's so bored that, in addition to obviously just naturally having a hobby to collect weird, obscure things, that's literally all that's left. It's like I've already mastered like everything. So. all of the
1: all of the fun, interesting stuff. All it's just the weird, quirky stuff that's left. And you know, I mean, you know, not not to diminish Frain's uh Sun Sun, uh ship with uh Himmel, but it is the fact that all three of her good friends are the ones who uh, who enjoyed her spells. like I mentioned the shaved mm-hmm. ice one. That one in particular was something that uh Hyder was uh particularly fond of, and realizing that I-, I wonder if there was something going on between them during the adventure that she just didn't put a lot of stock in at the time or something. I don't know if that's going to be something that comes up, but um uh, like clearly, like the main like emotional. Thrust of the story that like is is pulling Freerin on the journey is Himmel in particular, but it's mm-hmm. all of her friends loved that you know she just find a weird spell and just use it,
3: and that was funny and that was fun. Yeah, well, that's kind of Freerin's entire motivation is she's not really aware of it on like a surface level, but even when she's just randomly going about finding magic irregardless of the fact the hobby itself is kind of a connection to her friends, the places she chooses to look for random magic just happen to be along the path she traveled 10 years or those many years ago. Like 70 at this point. Yeah, because we time skip 20 years in the future after <laughs> Himmels. Or 30. It's actually... <laughs> No, it's uh, 20 years after the death
0: of Himmel, the hero, that uh, chapter two happens. And Hyder is still alive.
1: Skip, there's another time skip in there. Yeah, Hyder is is still alive, despite the fact that he said he
0: was also dying. He's (laughs) like, come bring some bottles of booze to my grave. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to be like uh, knocking on 100 right now, uh, (sighs) since it's been 70 years since the end of their uh, adventure. And he was
3: like, a full-grown man. I, I'd I'd say he was mid twenties, so I'm putting him at like 95.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So
3: right. So uh, on the verge of a hundred. Yeah. Like I just Which, really like how the
0: last time they spoke, he's like, "Ah, oh, the drinking's caught up to me. I'm done. I'm on my way out." Uh, you've been such good friends. Pour one out on my grave for me. Next time, it's like, "Huh? So you're still alive? You corrupt priest? I oh, yep, gave up drinking. Did wonders." <laughs> I'm also terrified of death <laughs> <laughs> you know what fair aren't you aren't you like the Archbishop of the world or something? Why would you be scared of death? Don't you have the answers? No, it kind of ebbs and flows how much power I have <laughs> <laughs> but uh we learned that uh Hyder has been taking care of a uh orphan girl that he found uh who has her own aptitude for magic and uh, he asks Fern if she'll take her on as an apprentice, and or just Freyrin if she'll take Fern on as an apprentice. Goddamn similar names. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of, of similar names in this. Fern is the young girl. And, uh, Freyrin's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Apprentices die too quickly. Come on, not even for your old friend? No. <laughs> You're trying to
2: set her up for heartbreak. She doesn't know how to process these emotions.
0: Well, all right. But can you decipher this weird book of magic for me
3: oh yeah sure i'd love to excellent it might have the secret to immortality then i don't have to die <laughs> <laughs> uh, you
0: really are a corrupt priest anyway i might as well go check on the kid oh hey kid you're trying to use uh, a magic spell to blast that rock yeah uh master hider says when i can uh punch a hole through that rock with my magic then i'm a true mage well I'm definitely not becoming your uh, teacher or anything, but here's some tips. And just like that, Hyder's master plan succeeded <laughs> because the spooky old grimoire takes uh, quite a long time for her to decode, and in that time, she gets in the habit of helping Fern learner magic. Yeah,
3: I was about to say Hyder's uh, is dying for about six months is how long she's there with the grimoire, like. Mm-hmm. Freerun has a bad habit of uh, just forgetting time exists and spending months upon years in places. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure she could decode that grimoire faster, but she's taking her sweet time with it because she's got plenty to, of it to spare. Because if she finishes the book too early, then she's got to go find another book. And that's a whole less fun adventure. <laughs> hmm. And then she has to stop being around
0: her dying friend and the kids she's definitely not come to care for as an apprentice.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Freerun handles grief in an interesting way. Because mm-hmm. that's also part of the reason why. Because uh, she mentions pretty early on the book is almost certainly a forgery. Like it's not, <laughs> mm-hmm. it doesn't it's, have that power that you're looking mm-hmm. for. But she spends time decoding it to the best of her abilities to come to the conclusion, yeah, my initial hunch was right, but now I've confirmed it. Mm-hmm. I knew you were lying to me, and I was correct, like I usually am. Aha, uh-huh, but Freerin, you didn't understand the true thing of my plan. You now have to be this girl's uh, mentor. Damn it, you corrupt
4: priest. <laughs> <race. laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love Hyder, he's great. I, I love how Freeran doesn't understand that her friends know her so well. That's how she gets manipulated, even though she's very smart. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't account for the fact that people know things about her. It it again goes to that idea that um, she spent
1: 1% of her life with them. That feels like such an insignificant amount of time. And it's like it was a lot of their lives You know, it was more than Mm -hmm. 10% of their lives, the the meaning and the connection that was made over that amount of time. It doesn't matter the amount of time Mm
4: -hmm. that you spend
1: with someone. It matters how deeply you interact with those people. It matters how deeply you connect with those people. Mm
4: -hmm. And
1: because these people were the best friends she's ever had, one of which probably more um they know her and she knows them better than she realizes
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that's the whole thing is basically with uh spoiler alert um hyder dies uh that fully for real this time yes that fully kicks her into the gear of i she really comes to regret the fact she wasn't really paying attention during their journey Mm mm-hmm And she regrets all the opportunities she could have had to be closer to them that she didn't get to. She just didn't think she needed because she thought time was infinite. Mm -hmm. And that's really the kind of just running theme through like at the very least, most of our reading is the idea that there are missed opportunities and that kind of regret. And just the somber nature of like your time with people is important because it's not infinite. it doesn't it doesn't
1: matter how much time you have mm -hmm.
3: your time with others will always be finite yeah Mm -hmm. and they they mentioned humans are really good at a lot of things because they're constantly acknowledging they don't have forever so they make every second count whereas freerun wastes time doing nothing because she has forever presumably I, i i she does make an offhand mention that she does have a capability of dying of old age um what that could possibly mean, who knows, because she's definitely that, not even halfway through her life.
0: Yeah. That is that is so far in the future as to be effectively infinite. But uh well, when you're when
1: you're young, you feel immortal like your waning will never come, and Frerin is very
0: much in that headspace. We also have the flashback of how Fern and Hyder met because um after her parents were killed by a monster attack. Uh, She was about to uh, end her own life and Hyder found her and he talked her off the edge of the cliff by uh, saying, you know, it'd be kind of a waste if you died. What do you mean by that? Well, you see, I had someone who was very close to me, a very close friend who died. But even though he's dead, I still remember the good parts about him i remember the lessons he taught me the courage and determination and friendship and even if he's dead i still have those memories so they still exist in the world and if you have a precious memory like that and you don't pass it on
3: well it's gone if you die i love how haters like talking her down from the ledge is still incredibly selfish yes (laughs) because he's like hold on you look like you need a mentor and I've got important <laughs> life lessons I need to pass on. <laughs> yeah. yes. He's a corrupt priest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is his nature. Yeah, this is a, a more subtle example of it because it's kind of like one and a half times removed. Uh, but this is also something that uh, comes up a lot throughout the uh, story where the hero party, you know, goes through a town and there's a town full of humans who their entire life was... Basically defined by the fact that the hero party wandered through and saved them to mm-hmm. Frerin, she can barely remember most of these towns unless something actively prompts her memories of it. yeah, and to her, you know it's Tuesday, but to them, you know, these people defined their lives, and again, this idea of it doesn't matter the amount of time that an interaction takes place over, it's what it means to the people involved mm-hmm. um because uh you know the uh 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 the monsters that uh destroyed um fern's uh family they're gone because of in large part what ferrin did
2: but almost in a way i know with the the larger dialogue or the larger narrative of the story at least it is My interpretation of what it may be is just kind of like understanding the significance, even though it might be a small like dot on your personal like timeline or whatever. The the rippling effects, the rippling um, the larger picture, the impact that you might have. But at the same time, it's almost like I, I feel that at times the narrative is trying to draw that out of frarin but at the same time i see that as like a plus because you know it's kind of i don't know a backstop to being super proud and arrogant kind of like himmel was about things
4: Mm. because
2: they flash back to him and like that's why like sometimes especially like the the statue or the monument where he had to like pose six like five or six different times or just to get it right and it's just like, so it's kind of like that dichotomy of like between somebody who literally does not understand or comprehend their significance, and somebody who thinks perhaps too haughtily of themselves.
0: And someone who
3: understood exactly how significant he was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and was a little too happy about it. Say what you want about him, oh we've not seen him been wrong. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh Hyder
0: dies and gets buried in a very humble grave for a man of his stature. And, uh, which is very one- fitting for him. <laughs> yep. And, uh, Frerin pours one out on the grave for him <laughs> as he wanted. And it's here where we enter, uh, episodic portion of the manga. We have, uh, Frerin and Fern wandering about doing, uh, various magic things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the things that I really like is that, uh, Frerin often does stuff that's like, level zero work and yeah. fern's like aren't you a super powerful immortal archmage why are you doing this and she's like "And eh, these people needed help And besides they're paying us the pay is a fragment of a dusty old scroll i know it's got a spell that lets you see through close in it nice <laughs> <laughs> the the spell that sees through close does actually come up but uh
1: <laughs> there's a there's a couple of different uh uh questionable spells. (laughs) They're not they're not all that kind of spell, because like I said, there's the shaved ice one.
3: Uh, But I think that was important to establish that Ferret isn't just a pervert. (laughs) She does mention the ability to see through clothes frequently, though, which, (laughs) to be fair, is probably her crush on Himmel coming out, because I think Himmel was really interested in the spell to see through clothes. 100%. 100%. The kind of sketchy ones are 100% the ones that Himmel liked.
1: 100%.
0: Himmel liked the ones that were party tricks. During one of the little episodes, uh, they go into a town that they had ventured through before, and she's talking with one of the elders of the town, and she recognizes him as some, a young boy during the original <laughs> journey who had flipped up her skirt, and Himmel was very pissed at him because I wanted to see what was under there! God damn it. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, Mr. (laughs) Noble Hero Man. (laughs) Is great. I love it. (laughs) But they, uh, they, uh, find a statue of Himmel and they, uh, help clean it up. And they find a once thought to be extinct plant, uh, from his hometown in order to,
3: uh, plant around it, which that was pretty cool. They do spend six months looking for that. (laughs) Yeah, uh... they do fern uh gets a little upset about because <laughs> um it becomes a through line yes <laughs> can, can we move on we've only been looking for like six months this is nothing i think fern is like a 12 year old girl at this point yeah mm-hmm. we we don't really get her age until they tell her us she's 16 at one point and that she's been traveling with um Freyrin for half her life so i assume she was picked up as a nine year old girl but yeah that cause... looks about right I'm yeah. just
2: realizing I might have read that wrong because I was like, oh, does she just have a lo- very low life expectancy? Because I thought she's like, literally, I've spent half of my I, life following. So
3: I, I read that the wrong way the first time, too. And I'm like, there's what? There's no way this girl is 50.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was concerned
3: about. <laughs> By the time we get to where we ended in our reading, it had been eight
0: years since the two of them had met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so started
1: at uh, about 8 and is 16 during the current stuff. Which
2: means Ferrin had to give her the talk. i going
4: to be really honest. Through,
3: through my head. Ferrin doesn't have the capability to give her the talk. Yeah. <laughs> as, as as far as we know, elves only have to do that like once every 10 years. <laughs> once every like 10,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> they suddenly, uh,
0: are capable of making kids or something. I capable,
2: yeah, it's, but they do not have the innate desire to mm-hmm. it's not instinctual. They have to plan this out. Schedule it in.
3: It's very inconvenient there. <laughs> yep. the
1: the sort of consistent through line is that Frerin has her ways of doing things. And in a lot of cases, she's she's proven right in the sense that her method works but there's also that consistent problem of she keeps forgetting that time exists. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, her and Fern sort of balance each other out a little bit because since Fern is intimately aware of the fragility of life and the, uh, how short it can be, she always wants to move, 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 go on to the next thing. Um, and it, you know, it prevents her from, you know, seeing the world around her. Um, and uh, then there's uh Freren who will, you know, spend six months on a task that probably could have been done in one. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. You know, and just followed the squirrels to the tower. We could have been done like two seasons ago. Yeah. And it, it's okay. one of those ones where like
3: there's a middle ground, you know, and, and they're kind of finding it together. Well, mm-hmm. to be fair, like the the flower one is really interesting because that's not revealed until um, Fern complains to the lady who assigned the quest to them going like, "Fern's content to keep looking around this forest until she finds this flower for however many years it takes. And the old lady's just like, oh, that's no good. Hold on. I've got a closely related like subspecies. It's not the same flower, but it will look close enough. I've got these dried for medicinal use, so you can give her those and that should work. And she's just like, it's just like hey we've got a compromise it's good enough i'm sure your friend would be happy and then Freerun's just like just goes oh you you wanted to leave now yeah no hold on i got a plan uh <laughs> and, throws the seeds down, and then the squirrels grab them and then they find out that the squirrels are really bad at hiding seeds so they find an That is
2: accurate literally squirrels forget where they bury nuts and stuff
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah they find an entire grove of this lost plant and they're like oh at the top of a crumbled old tower. Hey, um, Freer, and I'm, I'm, I know this is early on in the series, and maybe we shouldn't be pointing this out. Uh, you fly pretty frequently. Wouldn't it have been easier to look for the flowers overhead than on foot? Well, no, Shut because up. then the tree, the tree canopies would be in the way. They're bright blue flowers that grow in the sunlight. Shut up, Fern. <laughs> who's the master here? i guess technically you
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm questioning
2: the application of that title
0: in all things
3: magical yes but in all things practical not so much oh then we get a a really cute chapter that to talk about it kind of defeats most of the purpose because it's kind of the lead-up but basically um really embarrassed about the fact she knows it's fern's birthday and goes about like planning an entire thing of finding a nice dessert shop and like getting her a gift mm-hmm. and then kind of backs off about the fact that she was nervous about it and she's just like well no it's a thing you do right is celebrate your friends birthdays
0: that's a that's one of those human things right
3: yeah yeah so i i don't know this is something you humans do and she's just like okay cool i appreciate that
0: the the strong
1: bit of this chapter is As much as Freyrin thinks that she didn't know, uh, you know, her original adventuring party very well, she proves in the fact that she got the perfect dessert and the perfect gift for Fern that she does know the people in her life. Like she wishes she could know them better, but everyone, you know, wishes they could know the people in their life better, especially
3: once they're gone. Um, And mainly the thing that uh, Freerun doesn't even understand why her friends would know her favorite dessert. In mm-hmm. fact it's what she gets every single time. Yeah. She's just like, I, I can't even comprehend why you'd know that. And they're like, we've been traveling together for 10 years. Yeah, we've only known each other 10 years. <laughs> That's not enough time. It's it's plenty of time for us. Trust us. Meanwhile, but- fr- fr- modern Freerun going like, it wasn't enough time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, like, the, th- the thing that's kind of beautiful about this chapter is it is enough time because Freeran knew those sorts of things about her friends and about, you know, her, you know, her current apprentice and traveling companion. You know, she doesn't think she knows them that well, but she does
3: because they're like family to her. All of them are. Yeah. She just wishes she'd been paying more attention mm-hmm. is, is the mm-hmm. entire thing about her is she kind of just like breezed through it and now looking back she wishes she had valued it more. Also my favorite bit is that when she's looking for
0: a good dessert place, she goes to a (laughs) tavern of rough and tumble types who actually are
3: very helpful. I (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) Dessert is the lifeblood of adventures.
0: We got plenty of dessert places in this town. (laughs) Yeah, we got tons of recommendations. Oh thank you that's actually very
1: helpful. This entire chapter, Fern is following Frerin, expecting her to go do something stupid because she usually does do something stupid. <laughs> it just
3: happens in this case that she's being nice. Oh, yep. man. Then um, the next chapter I really love. Uh, basically, they're on, on their classic JRPG quest, Um, they ran into one of the sages of the Demon Lord who was Qual, the Sage of Destruction. And at the time, he was too strong for them to finish off. So basically, Freerun just sealed him in stone. Um, But obviously, that wasn't going to last forever. So now the seal is breaking, and she's come back to finish him off. Mm -hmm. Because it's now been 80 years since uh, they locked him up, roughly? Yeah, about about 80 years. And uh, Freyrin has
0: been training Fern in, you know, all the JRPG magic. It's like, here's how you
3: select guard. Here's how you uh, guard against. Here's how you perfect guard. More importantly, Mm -hmm. she's basically only been teaching her defensive magic. And Fern's kind of like, well, this isn't, I can't really help you. Why defensive magic? And then Freyrin's just like, yeah, but if you die, that's a lost investment. So learn not to die first and then we'll go from there
0: <laughs> we can worry about making you a master blaster later i gotta make sure you don't explode so uh who are who are we going to fight yes Qual, the sage of corruption one of the great demon king's generals he created the killing magic zoltrak the first piercing spell that could rip through any magical defenses and destroy a person's body uh, although i do wonder how it took demons like 900 years to develop beam
3: move (laughs) but uh, whatever well well, it's it's the ultimate piercing spell the whole point of it was it ripped through defensive magic as if it wasn't there armor imbued against magic didn't do anything it was a one-shot kill no defense it was pure killing intent like anything that held up against it could not be stopped it was the ultimate killing magic and
0: and I love this because he unpetrifies, they banter for a little bit, and he's like, Then I shall avenge the Demon King, Zoltrak! And uh, Fern is just standing there, having blocked the entire thing, and he's like, How did you defeat my killing magic? This is a very advanced power. And Fern's just standing there, like, Hold on, am I, am I being punked? Where's the cameras? That was a normal offensive attack. That was a basic attack. <laughs> You basic, Yes. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, well, guess what? Uh, in the 80 years you've been sealed away, uh, the humans have been in the lab. Uh, this is old tech now.
3: <laughs> let Let me show you the jump cancel. The future is now old, man. Your ultimate attack is now the standard we test our defensive magic against. And... Uh, I love this chapter because it just fully reinforces like the secondary theme of Freeran, which is um, like the advancement of time when Mm -hmm. you're not paying attention and you'll just look around one day and notice time has marched on without you. Except in this case, it was a good thing. Not good for him. (laughs) Well, not good for him. Quality (laughs) dies. Yeah, typically the people that are left behind don't see it's a good Mm -hmm. thing. Freeran is left behind constantly and feels sad about it. Like... Mm -hmm.
0: Ah, fair. Yeah, she's
3: she's learning not to do that. More importantly, she's learning not to be left behind, not not feel sad about being left behind. Well yeah.
0: But uh it would really help her to not be left behind if she could wake up on time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a vibe. This is uh, yeah. I, I identify with this.
2: It's too freaking early.
0: <laughs> Once again. Matt, or once again, Matt is left out as Sam, Jay, and Jacob <laughs> zero in on one particularly <laughs> weird aspect of a character. Oh, no,
2: you have no room to speak, Sam. Mr. I'm going to get up at like, what, seven o'clock in every morning?
0: I-, I was forced to do that for work
3: purposes, okay? I did that against my will. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they're hired to clean up a beach for the New Year's festival. And... Mm-hmm. It's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> this beach got way too dirty. Like, this is not a two-man job. The, I, I love the explanation for this because it's like,
0: oh yeah, this street is actually really dangerous to pass through. So a lot of wrecks happen here. The, this, is not, this is not a lot of wrecks. This is the, the beach that Deku cleaned up for his training. Levels of amount of, like, debris. What the hell? Is, like, a storm demon out there just crashing boats? No, nah, it's just the rocks. Why does anyone
3: come through here? <laughs> yeah, they're there for three months cleaning up wreckage too. And these two have powerful magic. <laughs> oh, And the, the whole thing is they're, they're there for three months cleaning this up. And Fern's just like, well, we've done all this work. Are we like, we've been invited to go see the New Year's festival. And Free Run's just like, yeah, that doesn't seem like it's worth. It. You got to get up at the crack of dawn. And we've established through this entire thing that I sleep till noon. Mm hmm. And that my like my old team, they just accepted the fact I don't wake up till noon, which really must have just pissed them off. But um, they dealt with it because I'm so cute. Bunch of enablers. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Fern is,
0: Fern is so angry because she's like, I'm waking you up in the morning. You're so, so sleepy. So I help feed and dress you. Am I your mother? <laughs> I can do everything myself. I just choose
3: not to. <laughs> until, it's time, until it's my time. <laughs> and the, the whole thing about this New Year's festival is um, she has a memory of uh, Himmel and the whole team going with it and um, coming back and talking to her about how nice it was. And she just goes, eh, was it worth going to? And Himmel was just like, I think you would have enjoyed doing it. And he phrases it in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Because he said that, she goes, well, I, I know I'm probably going to hate this but I guess I'll go anyway. Uh, And she has Fern wake her up and they go at the crack of dawn. They go out and watch it. And while watching the sunrise on the new year, uh, Freeran just kind of finds herself thinking, yeah, this sucks. Um, This is not worth waking up this early. Well, I'm going to say, hey, Fern, you want to go to bed? And she just looks over and Fern is just engrossed in how beautiful it is. Mm and. It's just like, God damn it, Himmel, why do you know me so well?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> Feren's like, it's cold, it's early, I don't
3: want to be here, I don't want looks over at friend having a wonderful time. Ah, crap. Yeah, because Feren likes it when her friends are happy.
0: hmm
3: I suppose it's not so bad. Besides, I wouldn't have been able to do this without your
0: help. Yeah, you would never have been able to do this without me. <laughs> that feels that that feels very offensive fern are you,
1: <laughs> are you doing Hello, okay? Fern has Fern and, and Fern have some issues <laughs>
4: <laughs> just a bit
1: And I mean, like you know it it gives their relationship a lot of texture because uh you know it basically what it, what it amounts to is Fern does not put up with Fern's nonsense Yep just wants to do Nothing at her own pace, effectively. But Fern is, Fern, kind of needs
0: people in her life to get her to get up and move. No, get up. We have a schedule. We are doing things. Come on. <laughs> You're just going to let entropy get everything
3: put back where it was before we even finished cleaning up this damn beach. Why is this beach so dirty? <laughs> really, really, as much as Fern loves like preventative maintenance, she really didn't do that in this chapter at all.
0: Yep continue on their journey, and Frerin is having a flashback to uh, a moment that she had with an uh, old party. Uh, Ein- Einstein's family had been uh, killed by demons, and they went to visit their graves, and Hyder uh, started praying for them. And it's like, why are you praying for them? Uh, we return to oblivion when we die. And Hyder's like, no, I believe we go to heaven. There's no proof of that. Well... Dwarves are stuck in their traditional belief that uh, the only thing waiting after
3: death is nothingness. Then Hyder's just like, uh, but hold on, let me sell you on heaven. It's not that, and is actually pretty cool. And then (laughs) Einstein's just like, you know what, you make a strong point. I'm going to just get rid of my traditional beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it more
0: convenient to believe that heaven exists? That the people that have left our lives are... Uh, reclining in luxury, and we'll be able to join them. The way that Haider uh, phrases it is, wouldn't it
1: be better? Which I think is, I, I think that's the important thing, because I, I don't really think that Einson and Frerin actually change their beliefs here. It's just, yeah,
3: that would be nice. So let's just have a moment, you know? Right. Freerun kind of does a weird thing where she's just like, "You know what? Yeah, just overthinking this isn't making me happier. I'm just going to turn that switch off." Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's try <laughs> believing things for once. Let's
0: just you know, Let's just do that.
3: Yeah, it's not it's not like completely
1: changed uh her outlook on the world or the universe, but something to, you know, be happy with her or at least happy er with her friends in a sad moment. Mm-hmm. I also
0: I also love how this continues with the uh, theme that all of Hyder's like wisdom that he delivers to people to help them feel better is also inherently selfish (laughs) he's a very consistent
3: character I believe in heaven because I really would like to go there I believe in heaven because um, as a priest I'd be probably treated pretty well there (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just i just love the idea that a priest in a fantasy setting who presumably uses divine magic um Mm -hmm. is somehow unaware of the existence of heaven (laughs) well he doesn't know
0: he doesn't know if the divine magic is being gifted to him by like a god or angels or whatever presumably maybe it's just a weird casting method that mages like ferran
3: don't have to be fair, I don't think we see him cast any spells, so he might just That's... be their drunk friend on their quest. <laughs> their, their drunk friend who who can talk
0: their way into places if the church is there. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> he's actually a bard just wearing the outfit. No, yeah. Not rogue levels. <laughs> I buy that. Uh, this is also
1: where we see uh, we uh, we do get a comparison of Ison in his prime and
0: Ison now, uh, which there's mm-hmm. a pretty stark difference in his arms. Yeah, he was beefy. Our our wandering mages go and uh, find him and chatting with him, and it's like, uh, oh, so you ended up taking uh, Hydras apprentice. How do you know about her? Well, we did. Kept up a letter exchange, you know, like friends. <laughs> so do. he's
1: been manipulating me even before I saw him again. That
3: sounds about right. Wow. For, and way, to, <laughs> way to hear your friends have been keeping in contact with each other and you haven't. And make that someone else's problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is there mm. something that we can help you with? I mean, yeah, I've been looking for the notes of the great mage, Flam. Well, all of the notes by her are forgeries and fakes. How do you know that? I'm not going to explain.
3: I'm
0: old. I'm I'm old. I'm
1: I'm I'm only going to explain in flashback. This is also where we start getting the your prehistoric
3: jokes. Mm -hmm. Your prehistoric and then literally proves she existed prehistory.
2: Yes. You thought it was just a burn. No, this is just facts. Laying facts, some truths on you.
3: To be fair. Freyrin does seem initially unaware that the exact knowledge of um, Flam has turned into a fairy tale. Because we learned that um, Freyrin was Flam's apprentice a thousand
0: years ago. Yeah, this is this is how we know she's uh, hit the millennium benchmark. Mm-hmm. She is they, a
2: millennial, as you know.
0: <laughs> I, she is. I, I really like this because uh, it seems Fern definitely believes that it's going to be another one of the wild goose chases where they stay in one spot for for forever, basically, when uh, Frerin says, oh, well, if we need to find it, we should find a big tree. We're in a forest. I know.
2: (laughs) Said what I said.
0: As it turns out, that was exactly right, because there was a very, very big tree grown uh, over the home of Flam, which has held up surprisingly well for a thousand years and a giant tree on it guess that's what magic gets you i was
3: gonna say magics yep yeah because uh in the flashback we find out that flam was not only a very powerful mage but also potentially the inventor of human magic uh-huh because uh
0: she planted that tree 1000 years ago that has uh now grown over the entire house and we have a little flashback of uh flam talking with
3: Freyrin about uh B- basic, basically just giving her plot hints for the campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah giving She's her plot hints. Like, hey, hey, Freeran, uh, I know one day you're going to suddenly realize you've been a gay friend and you might want advice on how to be a good friend. hmm Wait, are you saying I should be a good friend to you, Master? It's just like, no, I hate that. Shit. I really don't like talking to people and I don't believe in personal connections. I think what? you've been a bad influence on me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> in the future, you're going to wish you'd done that more. And as a good master, wouldn't you have taught me that? I do my own thing. Why do you think I became a hermit in the woods? (laughs) I mean, yeah, Flam. Flam taught her good magic. That's about it. (laughs) But I do. I do like
0: this because um, it's like uh, one day in the future, you're going to realize you made a mistake and I will help you. And we find the one true genuine article of a
3: book from Flam Hovering there, open to the page that Freyrin would need. Because um she's sold on it, kind of, by the fact that it is magic that allows you to speak with the dead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. We just explained last chapter that no magic can even determine if souls exist. So how could you possibly speak with the dead? Uh, And then she literally finds magic to help you speak with the dead because Flam goes, yeah, I talk to my dead friends all the time. I had a bunch of like unresolved drama because I was also kind of antisocial and I regretted a bunch. And then I talked to them and I I felt better. So wait, how
0: did you do this? Oh, because I found the place where souls physically exist in the world. Say what? what? (laughs) Yeah, no, the place where all the dead souls go. It's at the northernmost point of the continent. Santa's workshop?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where all the elves come from. Oh no.
0: Santa's a necromancer. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Honestly, I buy it. Yep. yep. Now they have a firm destination in mind, except in, instead of randomly meandering along the path they took in the journey to defeat the Demon King, they are now specifically going to the Demon King's castle, because that's at the northernmost point of the
3: world where the souls are surely this won't be a problem you know what it's worth sam some people say that heaven is just the demons king's castle that was a bit of a stretch but i'm I'm sticking with it So yeah, now with their firm
0: destination in mind, they start heading north, which will probably take a long ass time because it already
3: took them ten, it uh, took her 10 years previously. But Fern does have an existential crisis and say, this is where she says I've been with you half my life with we're going on a 10-year walk.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we are going to keep to a schedule. Did you did you like set up a teleportation
3: circle there or something no? Why? No walking's cheaper (sighs) okay you don't even use money (laughs) though
1: it has been established multiple times that freran is very very bad with money in general so Mm -hmm. her being her being scant broke uh at the time
0: kind of tracks yeah now that we have uh our quest marker firmly set and a uh path before us uh let's take a quick break we need to we need to gear up for the long journey Mm-hmm. So we'll be back after this. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our uh, party of heroes. They had just gotten their main quest, which is go to heaven, Uh, because apparently that is a place that physically exists. And the demon king built his crib on top of it. That's like the worst uh, built on an ancient burial ground ever. But
3: I guess he's the demon king. He does what he wants. I don't know. Worked out fine for Hades. No, it didn't work out fine for Hades. He hates his life. out <laughs>
2: <laughs> just fine.
3: He hates look, his job. <laughs> look, the important thing is there's a metaphor in here somewhere. And, Occasionally and... loves his wife. They kind of flip-flop on how much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you ask and who's doing the uh, interpreting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, they just, you know, different days.
3: We keep joking about doing a Lore Olympus episode, but uh, we could. <laughs> we could. I keep meaning to. To read it myself, I mean. Yeah, yeah. The problem with doing it for an episode is uh, webtoons are just really terrible for our format. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't really have arcs, as it were. Yeah, they're they're going on their quest to go stop the Demon King, uh, which we find out through a little bit of a flashback. Uh, Ison did say um, that if they need a strong warrior, he's too old for it, but he does have an apprentice that conveniently ran away from home to the next town over. <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> yep. As, these, uh, kids,
2: these kids just want to work in the mines with their small hands.
3: These kids, they yearn for the mines. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but uh, we have a very sweet scene as they're riding the, as they're riding, uh, Back to uh, Ison's house in order to you know drop them off so they can continue on the adventure. Uh, Freyron as she is, wants to fall asleep, <laughs> and uh, Ison and Fern talk about uh, the adventures so far. And uh, is Freyron a good teacher? I I don't know. <laughs> she, <laughs> Results unclear. She just wanders around learning about magic, but like, and she seems to pay attention to nothing else, including me. But like. She has, like, remembered my birthday every year since we've been together,
3: and I, I don't know what's up with her. <laughs> it turns out remembering people's birthdays is like the Mr. Miyagi of teaching magic, because I-, I already knew kung fu this entire time. I just needed to trust in my own abilities. <laughs>
0: uh, and Aisin has a flashback to uh, the memory that they had of seeing the uh, meteor shower. And uh, Frerin is talking about how oh, this is only this has been like one one hundredth of my life, which I think she's bad at math. Ten is not one percent of a thousand, but whatever. Unless she lives for ten thousand years. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, but um, she's like, you understand, right? Ison? because you're a dwarf, you live a long time and he's like. Not really. <laughs> After all, uh, you, talk, you keep talking about how it was such a short period, but uh, I think it really changed something in you. And now he can see it uh, in, for himself with Fern, and he is very happy about
3: that. It's very sweet. I'm glad you didn't fail raising your apprentice like I did mine. I don't know <laughs> where he is. Go find that boy and wallop him for me. Yeah, he does have a scar on his forehead that I gave him. We're kind of just going to breeze over that. (laughs) He
2: he lost control of his temper. He didn't mean to. It was just, it just happened.
0: Well, that's not, that's not exactly what happens. We'll get into it. Mm. Well, they do have a, a brief interstitial chapter where, you know, contemplating the nature of souls and going to find and speak with the dead. They get attacked by the most asshole demon, a demon that, uh, mind reads you
3: to project the images of dead loved ones to lure you to your death oh sam what a, what a weird take on that because i'm like oh cool i'm writing that down for my next D D campaign uh, <laughs> Oh
0: no no I, i'm not saying like it's <laughs> i'm not saying like it's bad or like it's bad content it's great content That's the perfect. most asshole demon <laughs> yeah hey, you gotta have your demons yeah. be assholes exactly And I just uh, like uh, Fern, even knowing that it's an illusion, is having a hard time summoning up her capacity to kill Heiter again. And and I just really like the one where uh, Himmel
3: shows up for Frere and she's like, I didn't expect you. I didn't didn't repress my affection for you enough. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Stop pretending to be my ghost boyfriend. And he's just like, shoot me. Damn it! That is exactly what he'd say. Him and his stupid sexy face. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: I really liked this because the demon's plan like backfired on it. Mm-hmm. It it read her mind too deeply and figured out exactly what Himmel would have said. Which is, I'm not. I'm not real. Don't don't put
1: yourself in danger for an image you're not of gonna, me. You're not gonna fall for this bull,
0: right, Freyrin? No. You're right. I'm not. <laughs> And uh, Fern does uh, summon up her uh, own resolve to uh, blast the false image of Hider and kill the demon. So, uh, fairly uh, brief in the grander scheme of the story, but I think important for uh, establishing our two characters. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if the amount of time spent on an, on something
1: isn't as important as the uh, impact it has on metaphor, metaphor,
0: metaphor. Yes, the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, dragons! Dragons
1: sitting in front of his nest like a good doggo. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this dragon is the most, uh, like, MMO NPC enemy. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> just <laughs> sitting there! <laughs> He's just sitting there, menacingly! Until Freya's like, Alright, I'm gonna blast him now. <sniffs> hmm. hey, teacher, that seems like a very terrible idea. <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> Blasting it didn't work. Run!
3: <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> it's the, jo- jo, the Joe Star family secret technique. <laughs> no, it's it's super MMO because they're like, we're just gonna run outside of his aggro range and wait until he goes back to guard his treasure, and then we just keep running and tapping him. Hopefully, we can do higher than his uh, health regeneration, and we'll just you know get the win that way. It's gonna take a while though. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And Fern, simultaneously not wanting to spend forever on uh, a Frerin Infinite Time project, and also because she experienced the true fear of death in that moment, and she does not want to go back. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> She's like collapsed on the ground, trying to like, stop shaking. And Frerin's like, "All right, well, time to do our hit-and-run kite strategy." She grabs under her skirt, like, "No,
3: we're not going back." <laughs> go to town and get some help hmm. Mm, that seems not worth it. Plus, the grimoire I want is there in the nest. So what, what does that grimoire
0: have? It has a spell to see if you're close. <laughs> Finally, the, the much, <laughs>
3: the much I've been, anticipated. I've been looking for it everywhere, and it's there in that random loot pile. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fern's
0: face. The, the character expressions in this are very subtle. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and <laughs> you can still read so much, I'm sorry, what, in Fern's look. Fern, you don't understand. When we kill this difficult man-eating dragon and get that book with the worthless spell, my ghost boyfriend will like me. Oh, I'm still seeking approval from people. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, crap. Good thing they haven't invented therapist yet. <laughs>
0: Anyway, why hasn't this dragon flattened this village yet? Oh, well, you're Ah, exposition, old lady who overheard us talking. (laughs) You see, the dragon came and had been terrorizing us for a long time until the great warrior Master Stark arrived. He squared up to that thing and stared it down and it left. And he's been our hero ever since. Also, he wants to talk to you and uh, they find him in a mysteriously squared off valley (laughs) where he reveals that he is the apprentice of uh, Master Isen and uh, the scar he got.
3: Well, he says he got it fighting another dragon, but he he, he sets up like he's this big badass and he's basically like, um, yeah, you guys don't want to aggro that dragon. He's just going to come and take it out on the village. Uh, It's not really worth the effort. Oh, cool. You're really good at fighting dragons. Let's go kill the thing. Okay, I'm going to come clean. Um, I'm actually super weak and was shaking in my boots and couldn't even move and the dragon just kind of left and now I've just kind of been coasting along on people's love. Too afraid to tell them I'm actually a coward. Oh, wow. Have you been doing that for like a few weeks? Three years. What the f- what the the fuck man (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, i i like this bit because um uh i actually immediately picked up on him being stronger than he realized and the dragon being like yeah i'm gonna poke
3: this bear i got that vibe with him but i wasn't expecting them to do the about face twice (laughs) <laughs> so when they did it the first time i'm like okay cool so they're setting up that and then they're just like no actually he was super strong what <laughs> how
0: much experience do you have fighting monsters
3: Zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i only dug this like ravine out with my axe swings wait what I need to keep up with my training master ison taught me well in that regard he told me i'm no good as a dwarf if i can't dig a mine <laughs> <laughs> carved this ravine manually with that axe. Yeah, it's a pretty bad ravine. (laughs) What? (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. And all this to say uh, they convince him to uh, participate in the fight because he's been benefiting from the, you know, love and goodwill of these people. He should actually, you know, take out the dragon. They think he's
3: stopping. He also Um, feels guilty about it, too, is the thing. Yeah, yeah. But the, the main thing he's saying is he's too afraid. And Freyrin kind of goes, "Well, yeah, Ison was afraid too, because uh, Freyrin and Ison had been talking about him, and it's
0: like, so is he a good warrior? He was a coward who ran away when his village was attacked by demons, just like me. Oh, I see. So he is a good warrior then. And uh, the next chapter, it the uh, flashback continues with Ison going, "Oh yes, no, he's incredibly strong. Part of the reason that uh, he, the reason that he has that scar is uh, we got into an argument, and his." aura of strength was so incredible that I had a fear reaction and lashed out to uh, defend myself.
1: Yeah, he was he was going to take a swing at me and I reflexively defended myself with everything I had because he was that naturally terrifying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is, you know, it's one of those ones where it's like, I kind of figured that he was like, You know, it's like him plus the two mages would be a match for the bear and the dragon was erring on the side
3: of cock. No, apparently the dragon was actually scared shitless. Mm hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that was a bit extreme because this fight is great. I love this fight because it's Mm -hmm. free going like I just need you to hold him off for 30 seconds so I can charge up my most powerful spell and we can just one shot him and he's just like 30 seconds. Jeez, I don't think I can hold out for that long okay, well, Fern can hold off in the meantime, so the two of you can actually buy the most time. I just need 30 seconds before I can contribute. And he's like, okay, I'll start this off. And then he makes one strike, and then the dragon kind of, like, falls into it, and he's just like, okay, come on, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, why, you stupid old... Actually do something! Nothing to do, buddy, he's dead. What? What? Yeah, you creased its freaking brain plate, it's dead. Yeah, you could have killed him at any point. Damn it. <laughs>
0: uh, I really like how uh, when the dragon swings at him, he parries the blow and the dragon's claws get sliced yeah. off. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they are busy uh, looting the, the nests which is just, a, it's just a big bird's nest. fairness <laughs> is like, ooh, yes, all this treasure, all this magic, my precious <laughs> grimoire. <laughs> all these random knickknacks.
3: And then Fern walks up, you may take three things. <laughs> Each may take three souvenirs and no more. But, but <laughs> I mom. want more souvenirs. But mom. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Stark
0: is like, so you guys need a warrior, huh? Well, Master Ison did say that the journey you took on was uh, basically a yakety sax adventure,
3: and you know what? That sounds fun. I think I'll go with you. Well, because he also has a mini flashback about how when he was with um, Ison, the only time Ison would actually talk about himself and light up was when he was talking about that ten-year journey, and he's just like, mm-hmm. I think what he wants me to have is a trip like that that defines my life and gives like me strong memories of people because mm-hmm. again running thesis statement of free run is that the journey's not so much as important as the relationships with people you make along the way. Yep. yep. And because we can't be too serious for too long, they test out the
0: uh, they test <laughs> out the the see through spell. Well, <laughs> yeah,
2: and yeah, I know you were dying to know how it worked.
0: <laughs> and Fern is like
3: Fern is savage. <laughs>
0: Fern casts it and Freya is like so can you see yeah I can there's nothing particularly interesting there and she looks over at Stark stares at him and he's like what so small
2: it ain't small
0: (laughs) Uh.
2: I mean the very fact because you have to put it into context she has a reference point (laughs) she can
0: actually see it my dude (laughs) ugh Poor guy. <laughs> he, he, he gets, uh...
2: I just met you and you've already chosen violence.
3: <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. To be fair, she chose violence with uh, Freerun too, because we, we do get occasionally uh, tidbits that Freerun is a little self-conscious about the fact that she still has like a... Like a middle schooler's body. Yeah, like a, like a tween form. Yeah, like young high schooler at the best, like... Mm -hmm. kind of deal she's like it's not fair we eat the same things why am I so tiny (laughs) and meanwhile Fern is growing to be uh, you know full
0: human person so yeah (laughs) I think it's
2: perfectly fair I mean I'm just saying you get to live for like freaking ever and I gotta get down to business sometime
3: you don't understand I'm inconvenienced by what you have and I want it (laughs) (laughs) that's that's for you yep (laughs) uh then we get a, a lovely little interstitial chapter about them finding a village that has a group of statues dedicated to the heroes. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get reminded about the whole thing. Yeah, I really like this because
0: uh, they they get uh, held up at a checkpoint and it's like. Well, we can't let you through because there's uh, m- there's been some big monster activity up north and uh, Stark and Fern are so desperate to not just do what Freyron would do, which is wait around. They try to find all these ways to sneak out and eventually one of the guards is like, how are we ever going to convince Freyron to just leave? And one of the guards over here is like, did you say you were with Freyron? Like the mage Freyron? Yeah. Oh, wow. If you just said something, we'd have let you through.
1: I apologize for the uh, captain of the guard's rudeness. No,
3: I kind of didn't want him to realize who I was. (laughs) No, we're having a hero's parade. I just wanted to chill in town and research magic for a while. So to be fair, we also get kind of exposition dumped here a bit. Uh, The reason why they're held up is because the northern continent, because everything's named great here where the (laughs) Demon King's lair is, uh, is currently undergoing some form of civil war. Uh, So the central continent has basically locked off all travel going north. Yeah, the remnants of the Demon King's
1: army are still kicking around up there and it's causing (laughs) a lot of uh, strife and turmoil.
0: Yeah, this this is an extremely generic fantasy world. Like the the northernmost point of the continent, where the Demon King's castle and also Heaven
3: is is called End, but with an extra E. <laughs> I, I'm just saying the map looks like Sword and Shield's map, so that should tell you how generic it is.
2: <laughs> That's how you know you're fancy. You add an extra E or an extra X, or
4: yeah,
0: mm-hmm. fancy so they continue on their uh magical journey northward that's when they find the town that has the statues of the heroes <laughs> and i love that frayrin is standing right there with the statue of her that looks no different and all the people the old people are just like oh you look looking awful lot like the mage
3: look very familiar how about that what a coincidence we, this is also when we get um, Himmel's kind of explanation for why he's so self-centered about getting statues made. It's not purely out of, you know, vanity. It's not and purely van. Like, you know, it's... It's motivated he's, by vanity, but he's not,
1: also He's hmm. also vain in addition, but there is a real reason for it, and it's that, uh, you know, because people have, uh, you know, short lives, the memory of the past is... Uh, can be fleeting at times, and he doesn't want uh, himself and his friends to
3: fade away into, let, uh, into uh, myths and legends. More importantly, uh, it was kind of the... He overheard Freerun talking about her master, um, Flam, and how she's just like, I think I'm the only person who remembers her face. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, I'm going to make sure there's tons of my face so that you'll never forget it. And then Freerun's just like... You stupid idiot! Like I'd ever <laughs> had any trouble forgetting your stupid kissable face. Wait, Baca, what, Babaka? Why would I, why would I k- care about that? <laughs> We're really over soon, burying Freerin, but man, the subtext is real heavy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, in all honesty, this is the point where it goes
1: from like, yeah, I'd ship it to, oh wait, no, this is this is
3: very much on purpose. <laughs> well, it, I think this is also the chapter where we get the lore about elves about how, um. Freeran yeah. hasn't seen another elf and then explicitly states the thing that elves by their nature aren't inherently romantic and don't desire companionmanship. And then she has a very romantic like memory of him.
1: Yeah, it's it, like this is the this is the transition point from where it's like that would be a cute ship to oh wait, no, this is actually a thing. She's like, coming is-
3: to terms with her feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're making all the Cinderay jokes. But the thing is, Ferrin basically doesn't have facial expressions. She is that Sundere. She just doesn't express it as uh, vocally as other characters would. Especially, Mm -hmm. I think another thing that's kind of important is that um, she is way more overtly Sundere with Himmel in the flashbacks. He's not physically there. She has no one to Sun -sun at.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, It's fun. Uh (laughs) It's great, yeah. I love it. Oh, cool. It was. It was very much the case where it's like immediately there's this sense of it's like uh, I'm a romantic. I ship that. I I hope. I don't know if uh, the story is gonna go there or not, but like by this point, yeah, we're going there, and
3: <laughs> we're going there. This entire journey is. So she can talk to her friends again, but she got closure with Hater, it's the thing. So it's really, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I want to talk to my ghost boyfriend again in the Demon King's castle where necrophilia is legal. Don't you mean necromancy? I, see what yeah, I yep, said that's, that,
0: <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> <sighs> no, I
2: said what I said
0: anyway. You might be curious. Demons, am I right? We sure have heard a lot about them and seen very little of them. Uh, so, how about we
3: have um,
2: some gorgeous tieflings?
3: They are some tieflings. I love they, it. <laughs> they, they are some tieflings. Okay, okay. I just, I just want to say this. Chapter
1: 14's cover page, best cover page in our reading,
0: because
3: <laughs> it's Freyran being held under a guard's arm like she's a she's a groceries. <laughs> Hold on, you're not, a, you're not allowed to have this in here. I'm just going to confiscate it, <laughs> <You're>
0: <laughs> confiscating elf.
1: <laughs> and
3: she's just no thoughts, head empty, staring. It's <laughs> <and straightforward. laughs> just like, guess I'm being carried like luggage. OK. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: other two are in the background like, ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah
3: that's our chaperone. But uh, mm-hmm. this is where we get introduced to. I'm assuming, the primary antagonist for the rest of the journey? Uh, the mm-hmm. demons? Yep, because they enter into a town in the
0: northern lands. Uh, the domain of Graf Granat. Oh, that's... That, that is an English name if I've ever heard <laughs> of <laughs> Freaking names in this manga, dude. Uh, but as they are walking into town, there's some sort of event going on. And uh, Fern points out that... Isn't that a demon and uh turns out it is a demon a very handsome tiefling looking man and uh we have a panel of fern immediately charging the
3: death ray <laughs> grandma you can't do that
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh some guards jump on her and, and uh, arrest her and the demon is like was this an assassination graph no as much
3: as i desperately want to kill you i didn't order this the graph is just extremely hostile. <laughs> because this this um demon is a peace ambassador, so he is protected mm-hmm. by diplomatic rules, but um no one told any of the characters, I guess, because they all treat him like an active I Thread. wish desperately to kill you every second you're here, diplomat. Mm-hmm. But I won't. Yeah, I
0: Graf strikes me as the kind of guy who uh, got through all his diplomacy checks on uh, sheer luck of the die rolls and not a very high modifier. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, we see what his ultimate plan was
3: originally. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. He's not hiding it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: In fact, he's actually just kind of feeding into it and just, you know, people just happen to be
3: falling for it. Oh, but um... Falling for the bait. There, There is an important thing about this scene is that as Freerun's being arrested, she's like pinned down by multiple cops. And uh, the demon kind of just comes over, like kneels down and looks her dead in the eyes and is not watching anybody else around them. And they are just connecting. And um, that is enough for Freerun to know that this is a predator that notices only one threat in this entire place. Mm hmm. Yep, because he's like, you're
0: looking at me like I'm some sort of wild beast. You are. I don't care that you can speak. You do that solely to lure humans into a false sense of security. And I was getting ready for, you know, like, oh, Freyrin fought in this long 10-year campaign against the demons. Of course, she's got a natural hatred for them. Maybe they, they, it is more complicated than it appears on the surface. Maybe the demons can be reasoned with that. No, no. um. So Graf's plan was to pretend to accept this peace envoy to then murder them because the demons killed his son. And the demon guy is just like, Oh, my dear Graf, I understand your pain. After all, my father was killed in a similar war. And yet I still came here in the spirit of trust and companionship. Perhaps we can work this out peaceably. Fine. I have to go. Be angry somewhere else, and the demons are left alone in the room. And one of the little attendant demons says, "Lord, what is
3: a father?" I, I, don't, know. Know. I don't
2: know. It sounded it sounded right now.
3: It worked, didn't it? I I love this interpretation so much. It's great. <laughs> I I love they give a flashback about like from Freerun's perspective about like a demon, ch- like a, a young demon that mm-hmm. was caught and was crying and just kept saying mother over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that was just like that thing ate my daughter. Yeah, but it it's clearly it doesn't know what it's doing. It can be raised to be good. And like, admittedly, you could make this kind of dumb. You could make this kind of heavy handed. But they do this in such a way that I really like because basically what happens is the demon ends up burning down the mayor's house and saved the mayor's daughter from the house fire. It started and said, I always felt hate. I could feel your hatred in your stairs here. I just want to live peacefully. So here I've saved a life for the life. uh, I've saved a little girl for the little girl I killed where even now I can leave Mm -hmm. and just like it fully nails that, like alien psychology Mm. that you need to have this whole like thing play out like they are literally beasts masquerading as people. It is they have no concept of understanding why you would care. It's like, okay, clearly I owe the collective something. So here is a thing I didn't kill in exchange for the thing I killed. Oh, that's not going to work. Guess I'm going to use it as a hostage. And, uh, the, the original mercy had been Himmel who's saying like, we need to give him a chance and, but I'm going to stay here to make sure it works. And the second it turns out, this isn't going to work. Himmel switches, cuts off its hands like immediately and just one, two kills it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really love this scene
0: because, uh, Himmel cuts off the hands, frees the, uh, hostage and, uh, Freyron is going to blast it and the demon tries to call out for its mother again and Frayrin blasts the demon. It's like, why do you keep saying that? You don't have a custom of family. You don't have a concept of raising children or any sort of uh, unit like that. Why do you keep saying that? Stopped you from killing me before, didn't it?
3: Must be a magic word. And it's just it makes it makes such a lovely monster.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, of
3: of the demons are so good at words, beco- but they lack any of the meaning behind it. And like I love They know how-, how to use them. And I love how this is set up to be like the perfect antagonist to Freerun because demons by their very nature are th- creatures that do not maintain relationships but will use the benefits of relationships to further their own goals. Meanwhile, Fririn is a character who desperately wants to have relationships and has missed out on all those benefits that come along with them.
2: I just had a random thought when reading this section because it reminds me of another creature or monster that I had read, read somewhere. And I don't know what anthology it might've been in, but it's like, yeah, I, I... Just have to echo what everyone's already said about this segment of it's just a very fascinating monster because obviously it masquerades as like a human form, but it's not human. And
3: Jay, is it because they're basically vampires? Is that (laughs) that what you meant to say?
2: No. Because I'm literally thinking of, it might have been a Twilight Zone episode, actually.
1: Anyway. Sounds about right. As for me, I will say, like everything that's been said about them, of how they are both uh, incredibly good monsters and a fantastic foil for Farron, they are perfect for the story. I don't like this kind of monster because it doesn't reflect reality. Um, Even the worst of sociopaths can be reasoned with, at least at some level. So the fact that these monsters are that alien doesn't reflect the real world, but not like that's it's also a fantasy. They're a monster. Like that's literally the point. So with and hey, Jacob,
3: they can also fly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, there there's like uh, you know, there's like that uh, you know, thematic element of uh I I prefer I prefer if it's smart enough to talk, it's smart enough to be reasoned with. Like that's that's a personal preference. And so I not the biggest fan of this, but they are uh, as Matt mentioned, a
3: perfect foil for fair end well, the thing is they are smart enough to be reasoned with. The problem is their wants and desires are so are alien they're so incompatible with human yeah. society, like from their point of view, like the the flashback we get, that creature could genuinely be thinking it's doing the right thing doing like, the I, right thing yeah i have I have paid back what you think i took from you i disagree with that concept but
2: but that's the thing it's there's a logic to it yeah i mean so there's a lot of you know some people will apply this to why we the the term is not coming to me but why we anthropomorphize like animals or pets or something it's just like yeah Mm -hmm. that does not no
1: (laughs)
3: Hiders don't feel pain
2: it's not smiling at you like no
1: (laughs) like the series is saying that these are monsters not people it's just because they look like people there's that sort of like reflex of mind
3: to want to see them that way which i get is the point i don't think i'm conveying Mm. this well i think the series is also kind of saying that it's not wrong to want to give them the benefit of the doubt I think Freerun is thinking that, but Freerun's also normally conveying kind of... She thinks in a very logical... blunt, aggressive and direct. She's giving amoral advice a lot of the time, whereas Mm -hmm. I think the human characters have the opinion that we should give them the benefit of the doubt. That is Mm -hmm. something they deserve, and that is the society we want to be in where this is a thing we entertain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That they probably think that maybe they were a little too trusting with, um, ah, yes, take our peace ambassadors. in. (laughs) (laughs) One demon can kill many people, but we'll let you just walk through the city. (laughs) Like, please accept our peace ambassadors
0: into your city. That has a barrier that prevents uh, demons Demons from from entering, entering on mass. Please show us into your castle where the
3: nexus point of such a spell would be located. Our army is standing within attack range outside. Like, mm-hmm. I don't agree with how they've set up this peace accord, but mm. I'm just saying it worked. Well,
1: even onto, uh, even onto the uh, the <clears throat> trap air quotes, uh, you know, sprung on the demon that wouldn't have worked.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the. Uh, It should be noted that these demons are in service of one of the Demon King's uh, former generals, Aura, uh, who uh, Farron has some uh, past with, you might expect. Uh, And one of the two uh, younger attendant demons is like, I'm not going to let that uh, that mage uh, live. Sure, she got arrested. She's locked in prison for like two years, whatever. I'm going to go end her right now because what's to stop a powerful mage like that?
3: I love how Freyrin's just like, I'm in jail for two years. Well, you guys should go get me some books. Yep. <laughs> she she was dead ass ready to do the Skyrim, just sleep off your sentence thing. She She did the crime. She's ready to do her time and then yep. proceed to get out of jail and immediately do the crime again. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: I feel so reformed. <laughs> the demon attendant goes and decapitates the guard and goes into the cage to murder Freeran, and he thinks that he's got this all sorted out. He's got his uh, his uh, Walter Helsing invisible magic wires
3: uh, like going to like hang her from the rafters or whatever. Oh, man, this is just Helsing. It's a little girl and somebody with magic wires. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you think I was going to fall for that? I put a magic barrier around my neck, idiot. Yeah, well, try having your mana survive this, idiot. I think I don't need to worry about that. What happened to your arm? What do you mean? What happened to my- th- ah! Fires a huge blast of magic that slices both of his arms off. I need those. <laughs> I need those, otherwise I can't strangle you. Hold on, wait, let's talk, no, I-
3: Snaps his neck. Aha. Uh-huh. The one thing about demons is that our bodies completely dissolve into mana when we die. Now it looks like you did a murder, big <laughs> <laughs> huh,
0: Well, that's inconvenient.
3: Time to leave the city and never return. <laughs> Yep.
2: You think she was actually going to do it too?
3: She was She was yeah. in the process of leaving the yeah, city she, to never return.
1: <laughs> that, that's the thing. I think to some extent she's aware that her companions wouldn't have let her do that. Cause,
2: I don't know. I was kind of like, it just happened to uh, have this happenstance that, oops, I guess I, guess I ran I, into them.
3: I'm going to be honest. I think her plan is what actually ends up happening. Just she wasn't going to talk to her companions at all. She's just like, well, time to go outside the city walls and finish this. Yep. yeah mm-hmm. but th- they they hold off on telling you that because they want that to be the big uh, end of volume surprise yep because
0: uh so frayrood is heading out uh, right about the time that fern and stark are like all right i guess we gotta go deal with those demons mistress Freyron is probably right
3: let's head up to the castle and hey Freyrid, what are you doing out here Shh, no i'm disguised i'm being sneaky no, everyone knows it's you. You're the only person in a completely black hood. Like that that's what that's what a child thinks a disguise is. <laughs> Shut up. Also, you two look pretty strong. Those demons we fought, I bet you could two could fight them yourselves. I'm gonna go leave now. What? why? Because the big boss demons outside the walls. Oh, actually, yeah, you know, you go deal with that. Okay.
1: Particularly Stark and uh uh for uh are both like yeah i really don't like fighting equal opponents it's like difficult and unpleasant and kind of scary and for (laughs) like yeah it's really tedious and annoying to
0: fight an actual equal anyway an an unpleasant job done quickly gets done faster (laughs) yeah we uh we we have uh we have a pretty cool fight where um the big boss demon has uh sprung his plan and taken the boss the uh graft hostage it's like hey so uh that powerful barrier that the great mage flam put up a thousand years ago your bloodline controls that
3: doesn't it you want to you want to tell me the tell me the password i can just keep torturing you I'll, c- I'll come back in a little bit i gotta go exposition in the hallway for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> He then proceeds to just drop demon lore like, um, did you know that every single demon picks a very specific style of magic and studies that to perfection? That's why I'm so good with blood
0: magic and my remaining attendant is so skilled at detecting mana. What do you mean these two powerful uh, adventurers managed to sneak in here under her detection
3: radar? Oh, there's a whole thing ah. where I don't even detect the second one, but it, it's just a really cool fight. It is a really cool fight, yep. Because, hey, you remember that thing
0: where Stark was supposed to hold off the dragon for 30 seconds in order for a uh, deadly blast to be charged? They pull that off here. He fights uh, Lugir. I think that's the first time we've mentioned his name. Uh, The big boss demon. Uh, Long enough for Fern to charge her super move and blow a hole in his chest. Sadly, it it does not kill him, but it gives them enough opportunity to grab uh, the graft and run.
3: Oh, but it's got my favorite line of luger like going like i need to stop my body from bleeding i'll come after you you go take care of the small fry you can probably handle them but that that magic they called it um oh it's a uh, Zolt- Zolt- zoltrak zoltrak magic for killing humans that's not what that was someone has reformed that into magic for killing demons mm-hmm. which shouldn't be possible so so this is uh
0: this is a problem. The only person who had power like that, uh, I ran into them a century ago in the battle for the demon king. And uh, you know, now I remember where I saw that girl before. That was Freyrin, the Slayer, <laughs> which is name-dropped as Freyrin is floating uh, silhouetted against the moon at the <laughs> to face off against the demon army with the big general right there. Mm-hmm.
3: Because as we've established, Freerun is much stronger than this sage. Uh-huh. It's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoop.
2: This is awkward.
3: Yep. And uh, yeah, that's where we get to the end of our reading, because that is the end of Volume 2. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as always, we ask a favorite
0: character. I really liked Tider <laughs> For... <laughs> For only being alive for two chapters, he has such a powerful presence and such a fun character. Mm-hmm. He's so selfish, but like he knows that about himself. So he tries to direct it into wisdom to help make other people's lives better, even if he's still being entirely self serving with it. The Amuro Ray, if you will. He kind of do be, yeah. But uh, how about
1: you, Jake? Who's your favorite character? Uh, boy, it's either Fern or Freiren. Uh They play off of each other so well. They're uh, I, what I love about them is kind of tied into each other. Probably say Fern just because her her level of done is <laughs> quite amusing, and she can play that off of uh, Stark as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, uh, Freyrin is—we <laughs> have another <laughs> goblin protagonist. I love this.
0: Yeah.
3: He's an <laughs> elf, you racist.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> How about you, Matt? Oh, I I know I normally like being a contrarian and don't like picking the main character, but Ah oh, Freerin is so my jam. I I love like people just dealing with sadness in like a motivational way and like not even coming to terms with it and kind of just living with it. Mm-hmm. And she's like taking it one step at a time. Um, I don't even mind that she's overpowered because the fact that the, the story is not about her being the strongest. It's about, like, coming to terms with her friend's death.
0: Yeah, her extreme magical power isn't going to help her emotional problems. Mm-hmm. If anything, the fact that she's so powerful kind of enhances
3: that element of her. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I she's an easy pick for this. She's she is the reason the story is happening. All right. And Jay.
4: No-
2: I am all gung-ho for the quote unquote goblin-like female bosses. But <laughs> I have to buck that trend and actually say I enjoyed mostly Fern. Honestly, the whole reason why I even really kept reading was because of Fern's burns, because <laughs> Honestly, I'm just like, thank you. You broke up the awkwardness of this situation. Um, so yeah, hands down. Um Fern Fern keeps her honest, again, probably more often than not, just having to go with the shenanigans and being like, this is flipping ridiculous. Why? Um, so more out of circumstance and just exasperation. Um, but I just really vibe with Fern. So she is my favorite and she has grown so much and she will be the most powerful of mages and she won't take no shit because she's had to put up with literally the
4: most. Like-
0: All right. And would you continue reading? Uh, Absolutely. I need to see this cool fight between uh, Freyrin and Aura. And then I want to get back to uh, the grief journey because that made me feel a lot of things and I really really enjoyed it. Uh, Reverse order. Jay, how about you? Would you continue reading?
2: I don't know if I would. Um, So as I kind of prefaced earlier on, in this episode. I am familiar with D&D. I am familiar, I think, at least from my interpretation of what type of archetypes they're trying to construct. I was not too thrilled with the pacing, I think, was my main issue because, as I said, I probably, if we had not encountered Fern, not have continued reading because I felt like it was really drawn out and really slow at parts. So. I don't know if I would continue reading this particular work, if that makes well, sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, Jacob, how about you? I definitely have to be in the right mood for this. I think there are cases where it goes full on into melancholy, but I think somber is the best way of describing it, I believe, as, uh Matt said. If I were to be in the mood for a slow-paced, moody, character drama centered around uh grief and the passage of time then i mean that's what this is like i literally just described this manga um there are other things that i'm a bit more inclined to read over this series but uh very much feels like a um you know at some point the mood will strike and i'll just bite a big chunk out of it and obviously, furthermore, I'd love to do another episode of this to just, you know, get me to, you know, push through it that much sooner. Um, on my own, probably every now and again, but certainly not regularly.
3: All right. And Matt. Oh, yeah, of course, I would read more of this. This is so narrowly my channel. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is, a, it is a deconstruction of fantasy nonsense. Um kind of vaguely like a deconstruction of like the same setup of an isekai, but not with the weird power fantasy. Mm. Um, The just idea of people dealing with sadness in productive ways is something I really enjoy. I like melancholy stories. Uh, I think I've gone on repeatedly. I don't think art deserves to make you feel comfortable, but I think (laughs) Freerun actually at its very heart is a very like, Chicken soup kind of series. Like it is inherently making you comfortable with sad feelings. Is kind yeah. of the deal with about it. Um, hence why I I prefer somber to melancholy for a description for it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would love to keep reading this uh and probably will check out it. I do have one hesitation with um where we got to in the demon fights. If it becomes just more demon fights against the six remaining generals. I'm not, sure not how you... I'd, I'm not sure how I'd feel about that. It's not what you signed up for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I do love unrepentant monsters, and I, I love the fact that they are allowed to exist in a metafictional space where it seems like everyone wants to give everything multiple sides when, you know, sometimes things are what they appear to be. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, thank you, everyone, once again for tuning in to the OverMonkaCast. As always, you can find us on all your social medias, where we are at OverMonkaCast, and uh, make sure to visit uh dot in order to keep up with the latest episodes.
1: Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube, where you can like, comment, and subscribe. You can uh, those episodes go up on a two week delay, uh, but uh, give us any uh, comments on. What you think of uh, the episode, what you think we should read next, uh, any other series recommendations. We love hearing from you. We
3: also appreciate reviews in any and all form on really just, you know, any place you can find them. Just drop a review. Five stars. We don't care. Tell us we're great. We already know that, but we always love the feedback. And what the hell? What the hell? I think a bat flew into my recording studio. Hold it. Oh, go, oh God! God!
0: Oh, no, not this again! Uh <laughs> oh,
3: no. September is over, and now the spooky season begins.
0: <sighs> okay, well, um, Jay, get the steak, uh, Jacob, get the garlic, and uh, you all, make sure to read The Summer Hikaru Died, chapters 1 through 14 for next uh, week. We'll see you all next Thursday, uh, provided we can purify Matt. Good night, everybody! Good night, everybody.
2: Why the heck would I do that? That's an improvement. But good night, everyone.
3: Oh, that (laughs) makes me very unhappy.
4: (laughs) 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 Blah.